3: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: From the Bud Light Studios Bud Light, easy to Sunday.
0: KKSE FM HD1, Proof Denver, Boulder. for
1: Folder. two, two, three. It's Freddie Golubson. The Abs win. Sports Radio 92.5. It's Dempsey and Company.
0: I like mine with letters at the (laughs)
3: I didn't know I had a voice on me, did you?
0: I did not know that, but now (laughs) we all know that. That is the sweet voice of Kim Becker uh, joining us today on the program. Christopher Dempsey, Steve Nelson, and Josh Grismer. This is Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. One hour down, one hour to go. We will give way to PHD at the top of the hour. Ask the question to the text line, getting a whole lot of text (laughs) messages on this, and that is, given the state of the Broncos defense now, which is it is playing at about a top 10 level here in the last few weeks, uh, do we owe defensive coordinator Vance Joseph an apology for basically
3: saying do not come back after that Miami game you gave me 70 do not board the plane do not come home to your family and to your home because of what your players did out on the field
0: Uh, um, and we're getting uh, just I think a kind of a rainbow of different responses um, from John Hill no Vance will not sustain this from Matthew yes I I owe him an apology Ron just takes this a a totally different level, which is a lot of people owe Russ an apology, uh, which I am not so sure about that just quite yet. Just show me the receipts at the end of the season. Um, Let's see. Cody, no, we don't owe VJ an apology. He's a professional and didn't have his team ready for that game. Um, a lot of nobody owes anybody apologies. There's nobody o- o- yeah. owes anybody an apology. Not an apology, but a thank you uh. <laughs> from Jason. Uh, we were awful through five games, but we can certainly give credit where credit's due and say thanks for not giving up, VJ. I really like that one. I think that's, that, yeah. that's, the, that's reasonable. credit. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's the, it's the word apology, I think, that irks me so much. It's, I don't think that we owe him an apology. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just... We owe him credit, like give credit where credit is due for turning it around Mm -hmm. again. Disastrous game. Yes. We were just talking about it a little bit on break, Dempsey. It almost was comical watching it because it just got so out of hand that I mean, I can only speak for myself. But when I was at about halftime watching it, I was like, this is a wash. I think I'm going to turn it off. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of one of those games where you're like. Uh, okay, on to next week. That's mm-hmm. how it felt. So I don't think I like the word apology in this situation. I think we just owe him some credit.
0: Owe him some credit. Okay, I can dig it. Uh, from Corey Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan this is like uh, crying.
3: Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, he, no, was, seemed, he, yeah. He wanted. <laughs> he just wanted that job. He, well,
0: he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he wanted, yeah. He was open, openly campaigning on ESPN during
3: during that following yes, week. Right. Yeah. True.
0: He should have hired me. I know. I'm going to go back and find But those. also
3: that is an opportunity for him to take for <laughs> you, a platform. Yeah. And be like, okay, yeah, I'm running with this. Yeah. I, I, there's so many things. The Denver Broncos. Okay. This is from PFF Denver Broncos Twitter yesterday. The Denver Broncos defense has allowed a touchdown on six of 42 drives since week six. That is fourth in the NFL. Defense ranks fourth in the NFL Mm -hmm. for allowing touchdowns.
0: Yeah. Uh, So it's been in
3: drive proportion.
0: Yeah. It's been a dramatic turnaround. It really has. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I I think that's it's that's the stuff that we have to look at. And Dempsey, you and I were also just talking about this. You and I I think are both kind of a a wait and see. Mm -hmm. Give some people some time to get into things, to figure it out. It's hard to do in the NFL world in any kind of professional sports business where it's now or never. Everybody wants the championship now. They want the championship roster right now. But I think what we're seeing is truly incredible and we need to give the entire Broncos organization some credit right now.
0: And football's a sport like you have a week between games. And so what that lends itself to is all of the analysis and all of the wherever you want to take this this day um, stuff kind of going on and so you know even in, in sports that there's the next game and the next game and the next game and the next game uh, you don't even have enough there's not too many days to even talk about what happened in the last game before you're moving on to the next one, so you kind of put some of those catastrophic uh, performances in the rear view a lot faster than you can in the NFL. Um, and the season's long, you know. I, I, I think that what we're all seeing here is um, 17 weeks is a, that's a lot of weeks. And even if you get off to the really bad start, which Minnesota had did as well, I believe they were one in four. Yeah, one in uh, four uh, to start this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there is still time for you to be able to turn it around if you have that kind of a roster. And I think um, I, one of the things that we were, uh, a lot of people were questioning was if the Broncos even had the personnel to be able to turn something like this uh, around. And, and we'll continue to see here in subsequent weeks. But um, quite clearly, quite, quite clearly, they have the players on the roster to be able to be successful. And so then, I guess the answer to that was actually maybe always yes. And not that it means that. It, you don't, there doesn't need to be more additions to the roster or tweaks with the roster, but that there are enough players currently in those uniforms that can play high level football, that can play winning football. And if you are now taking out Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, can't you take out Josh Dobbs and then DTR? And then like, can, you, can mm-hmm. you just continue to do this because you've already done it against two of the best?
3: I mean, that's what you would hope, right? And I don't want to say, oh, this is the big test. Can they beat the Vikings after, you know, beating the Chiefs and beating the Bills? Because so many people will come back and say, well, Patrick Mahomes was sick. Well, Josh Allen is having a tough year. Well, you know, there's always excuses. There's always whatever. And I think the Denver Broncos are still kind of that team right now that it's like, yes, they won. But and even when you listen to a lot of national media after the Bills game, it's like, oh, the Bills had a terrible game. It's not, oh, the Broncos played well, minus the couple things that I heard on Good Morning Football by saying it's a tough, resilient team that the Denver Broncos have right now. But it's all, oh, well, Patrick Mahomes is sick. The Bills didn't play well. So now it's going to be if the Vikings lose, oh, well, yeah, it's Josh Dobbs. And, you know, they, had had to, they were bound to lose at some yeah. point. Yeah. And yeah. so, and I, I don't really know what the turning point will be for everyone to understand that what the Broncos are doing is really awesome right now. But I, I just want to make sure, like, we see it here. In, in Denver, where we are, and and what's happening, and it feels kind of a little bit of a déjà vu with the Denver Nuggets situation because I, I know we're always sticking up for the Nuggets in the media right now because the national media still will not recognize the Nuggets as champions, and that's a whole other story. And I'm not saying the Denver Broncos are going to be champions, so everyone calm down. But I just think what they're doing is is really. Quite amazing, and I love the way that Sean Payton addresses the media, more of with a a stern, kind of sharp, I don't want to talk about it, get to the point, this kind of thing. I don't have to tell you everything that's happening behind closed doors because this is the product that we're seeing with not knowing what's happening behind closed doors.
0: I think the turning point to your question, Kim, will be if they get over five hundred. Yeah. So they they continue to be under five hundred. Obviously, at four and five, uh, you win two more and you're six and five. Then I think people have to sit up and go, wait, okay, wait, wait. Nationally, they will yeah. sit up and go, wait, what's happening in Denver again? True. Because the last time we were looking at these guys, they were they were getting smashed mm-hmm. and the defense was really bad. But now we, they will have to play catch up as to how they got from one and five and giving up seventy points or giving up like what in, in a two game span it was like one hundred and eleven something. Um, All the way to now being above 500, Mm -hmm. we will start to get that. I think that's for Denver. It is two more victories straight to get to over 500. And now you're also kind of moving up the playoff ladder as well. So they have to pay attention to you in a way that they're just they do not have to steal right now.
3: And the possibility is there because they have the Minnesota Vikings led by Josh Dobbs at home this Sunday. And then next week, a Dorian Thompson Robinson led Browns Mm -hmm. at home. Next Sunday. So there are two possible wins. I don't know if the Broncos are favored against the Browns. I don't know if those odds are even out yet. But um, yeah, two and a half point favorites against the Vikings at home is on it, Sunday night. Is that game in Cleveland? No, it's here.
0: That, game, that game's here? Yeah,
3: both home games. Um,
0: yeah. Um, well, that's, that's really good. Cause that Cleveland defense is scary. Mm-hmm. It is scary. All right. Uh, meanwhile, Draymond Green... Draymond. Oh Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I'm
3: excited to hear your opinion on this actually.
0: Yeah. uh, We all saw, I I hope you guys all saw the video uh, a couple of days ago where it was um, a fight (laughs) (laughs) between the Timberwolves and the, yes.
3: Randomly put together fight. Or Rudy Gobert.
0: Right. And then um, Draymond Green basically puts Rudy Gobert in a chokehold and drags him across the court. Out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. And so we're all thinking Raj asked me, and I said, that's got to be a double digit uh, suspension. That has to be. I mean, he put a guy in a chokehold and he dragged him across the court in it. Like they couldn't get It's like, you know how like a a pit bull's jaws are just so. They they couldn't, they they had to pry his arm off of that guy's throat. It was like his mind left his body. Yeah. Yeah. And so then the NBA yesterday said, Draymond, you get five games. You get five games? Here's what I think about that. In the last two years, what Draymond has learned is you can cold cock a teammate, just punch him, knock him out in your own practice gym, and just miss less than a week in the preseason. You can come back the following year choke choke headlock hold on somebody which yeah it's not a punch but yeah that is a that can be a devastating thing especially when you're dragging a human across a court like that and then you get five games so you know what he's learned he can do anything anything uh-huh. Uh-huh. and he's not going to get punished in an in appreciable way at all so you know how he's going to come back and the top of the world. Because why Whitney? Because he's getting a foot, which is going to amount to him being like five games is probably what, a week's worth of games in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. Ten
3: days max. He's like, cool, a break. Right. He's going
0: to hang out with the family, yeah. do whatever he wants. He's making hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, he has, the 800000 that he's going <laughs> to be out of bucket. is a drop in the bucket. It doesn't matter. And he's going to miss minimal time, and he's going to come back and just do Everything exactly as he's done it before. You know, part of what I think, one of the things that kind of infuriated me about the explanation about this was the NBA saying that his unsportsmanlike history had been taken to, into account when levying this punishment. R- really? Don't, r- r- it, it has?
3: That actually is not logical at all. And I would like to talk to the person that actually wrote it, that. It's it, Not at all you gave him 5 games for head Choke. T- 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 it go- was like like you said multiple people had to come over and pry his hand his arm off of Rudy yeah. Gobert's neck and Rudy Gobert hadn't even done anything the <laughs> I, whole thing to me was so bizarre and yeah. right off the bat was the score before the game even got going. I don't understand. And I was going to ask you, Dempsey, what is the NBA's reasonable explanation for this? If they have taken everything into consideration in his history, I'm sure most of you have seen the mixtape compilation of, (laughs) of Draymond Green's incidents that is all over Twitter right now. There are multiple. There are handfuls of incidents That have already happened. So five games also taking into those, those incidents into consideration actually makes zero sense to me.
0: Um, it doesn't to me either. And let's see,
3: like what, um, five games in the NBA, they play what? Like 82 games a year. Yeah. Yeah. Can um, someone do math for me really quick? Yeah, What's I'll, eighty-two I'll, divided I'll by the, five? I
0: have to quickly find the the, the entire statement uh, that the NBA put out. But um, look, there there were no punches thrown in this particular fracas. And so I, I think it's a, the, the league is very focused on if there are fists flying, you know, what is, you know, th- those you, st- you start to get real, real stringent penalties for that kind of stuff, big fines and big suspensions. Um, I, I just think in this instance, they, they have to remember that, like a punch isn't the only way you can really injure um, a person. You can really harm a yeah. person. <laughs> and, you know, if, if this is, this is another one of the ways that you can really harm a person.
3: I would say more. Uh, On Joe Yeah,
0: absolutely. And (laughs) from a player who has been kind of a repeat offender in unsportsmanlike stuff. So, if you've taken all that into account, this was the lightest penalty that they could have ever levied. Even, and I know that they, I I saw a couple of reports. Well, he's going to be out so much money, and that, like again, he makes many millions of dollars. It does not matter, eight hundred thousand dollars or nine hundred thousand dollars, whatever it is, he's going to be missing for these five games. Um, And then you just teach uh, no lesson to anybody else in this league either. It's so, you know, I, I don't know this is basically just a slap on the wrist is is what it is and it's really too bad um, because i think um, i think the league is better than that when we come back we'll have Nelly's NFL notes okay round 2 name something that's not boring
1: a laundry ooh a book club computer solitaire huh
0: ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've got Dempsey and Company.
1: Altitude Sports Radio 925.
0: It's a beautiful Thursday morning in the Mile High City. Christopher Dempsey, Kim Becker, Steve Nelson, Josh Grismer. This is Dempsey and Company on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Uh, the Avalanche. What a win. Huh. What a win. 8 to 2 over the Anaheim. I was going to call them the Mighty Ducks. I, the I Mighty
3: it was, Ducks. It was, I was they
0: so are. close. Quack. Quack Quack.
3: Quack. 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 Waddle waddle. Both
2: goals that the Ducks scored last night, they ran the flying V. So that's why you got chaos <laughs> as it
0: was.
3: <laughs> I mean you have to if you're called the Ducks. Yeah, you got to have some honor in that, some pride. Yeah. Yeah, Fly yeah. It. The Ducks. yeah, crazy. 8 to 2. Flip the script because that was a score when they lost to the Blues last weekend at home, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was. And that one was um Ooh, not fun.
3: Not <laughs> Fine,
0: bad in the it was really bad um, the abs were able to flip that script, as Kim just said. Uh, they went eight to two, they scored five of those goals in the third period. Look, the fourth line was amazing um, there 's no other way to put it yeah. uh, um, uh, you get goals from. Uh Joel Kiviranta, who, just, who we just we just got him. We, <laughs> yeah. we just got him. And he's scoring already. Uh Frederick Olafson also scored. Um Andrew Cag- uh Cagliano uh, scored as well. So I mean this is just a uh, it was well done by by those group by the uh, by those three um, and then the bottom six in total contributed four goals and five assists total so um, it was a big deal uh, Nachoskin with a couple of goals himself mm-hmm. uh, you know it's just it was everybody contributed it was a lot of fun
3: no yeah, it was a lot of fun the shots on goal again the Avalanche had 38 shots on goal the ducks had 17 Val Valchuskin had five shots on goal made two of those just a, a complete game by the entire squad out there on the ice. We chatted a little bit about it. In the beginning, they now head to Dallas to take on the Stars, who lead the Central Division. Mm -hmm. And then they go to Nashville. Nashville's not doing so well. They're at the bottom. But those are always the games that I don't think this Colorado Avalanche team can look over. In recent history, we've seen the Avs, you know, go in with a lot of confidence we have a lot of confidence in them to win a game and then they get demolished so i think that the dallas stars game is going to be a big test just to see how they can continue on the momentum that they have Uh, of course taking on the you know top of the central division team right there and then going into nashville depending on how the stars game goes i think the nashville game obviously is a must win for them but that team um is one that I could see surprising the Colorado Avalanche as well.
0: Yeah, and I I don't think that the Avs can look at themselves and say, well, we're playing so well, we can just overlook any team. Mm -mm. There have been a number of times we've had like... um uh, we'll have like Connor on or or Kyle for somebody, and in you know previewing a game. With, now we've done this a couple of times, and in each of these instances, they're like this team is the, <laughs> they're not playing well. Like the Avs should go ahead and smash them, and then the Avs lose those games. Yeah. And so um, it is, yeah. Each opponent has to be taken ex- exactly as if they were all uh, playing playing very well. And so the Avs with two straight victories um, now go on to Dallas and. That game will be on Saturday right here Mm -hmm. on Altitude uh, Sports 90-5. And with that... Dallas, by the way, featuring friend of the Colorado Avalanche, Matt Duchesne.
2: He's Mm. a star now, in case you forgot. He signed one of those, I think it's a one-year team-friendly deal, one of those deals where they said, where the player goes, I'm not happy with my team, I'm going to go get a ring one year. (laughs) Hamilton, I'm not throwing away my... Shot, so he signed one of those deals with Dallas. Yeah, so there you go. And so you got to deal with Matt Duchesne, who always plays well against his ex girlfriend, and then the ageless wonder, Joe Pavelski, who always kills the avalanche no matter what day of the week it is playoffs, regular season. So it's going to be that's going to be one of those real road tests for the Avs. Well,
3: Dallas is on a four win streak Mm -hmm. as well, so Mm -hmm. they're playing real well just as of late, of course, overall. 11 and 3 is their record, but as of late as well.
0: Well, let's hope it goes better than the last time they were on the road on a Saturday against a, a oh top contender, which was at was Vegas. Oh, it
3: 7 0. Yeah. Oh, no! Exactly. So, With the moms in tow. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Well, at least they were in Vegas because
3: it's fun there, right? Hopefully, yeah, they weren't paying <laughs> <fun> attention. <laughs> they can distract themselves. <laughs> Poor kids.
0: Okay. Uh, speaking of Vegas, let's get to Nelly's NFL notes.
2: All right. First, I want to start with some Broncos news here. James Palmer. Mm. We've had him on the show. I think we can say he's a friend of the program. James Palmer tweeted out some of Russell Wilson's stats and where he ranks across the league. And the reason I wanted to bring these to the show today is yesterday, Dempsey, you and Raj were asking if... In the near future, this Broncos team could take on the same identity as the 2015 Super Bowl team, a team that has a serviceable quarterback that won't necessarily knock your socks off, but they won't screw up, and you have an elite defense that can carry you there. So I'm going to give you these Russell Wilson stats, and you tell me if this is good enough to be carried by a good defense, all right? Completion percentage, he ranks 10th in the league, 67.9%. His touchdown to interception ratio is second in the league. 18 touchdowns, four interceptions. His passer rating is fourth overall in the league. For game-winning drives, he's tied for second most. Three game-winning drives this season. And for fourth quarter comebacks... He's tied for the most three fourth-quarter comebacks.
3: Oh, we have a Tom Brady on our hands. Oh, my gosh.
0: No. <laughs>
3: I'm kidding.
0: I'm kidding. I know. Listen, I mean, the stats are the stats, right?
3: Hey, numbers um, don't lie. Numbers don't lie, Nellie.
0: Okay. I'm just going to ask this one question. <laughs> because those stats suggest that he, we're our quarterback
3: is actually Patrick Mahomes. That That's who it is. The fourth-quarter comebacks most. I mean, that's a Tom Brady stat for you right there. Uh, Guys. Does it look like it? Do, do, do we feel these stats? Yeah. Do we yeah. feel them as we're watching? To the Super Bowl. The, okay. I'm getting a ring. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no. I
0: just don't feel these stats. I mean, the. It, it's funny because the fact that James Palmer has to tweet them out <laughs> just <laughs> to remind us what is happening?
3: But that's his job, right? He's the Broncos representative of NFL Network. So, yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he's telling us the deal. He's He's filling us in.
0: There's been so much this year of... Russell is not the problem, and I don't think he's the problem, but I also don't think he's the solution. I no, just,
3: fair. He's okay. just
0: living, he's existing in this middle in a season where some of the top quarterbacks are having some of their worst seasons. True. Like Patrick Mahomes is okay. Joe Burrow just got through getting beat. Uh, Josh Allen th- 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 throws all the interceptions and commits all the turnovers. This is what's happening in the NFL. Like Dak Prescott's the guy who's also throwing a bunch of yards. And like and th- th- That's what he's doing. Yeah. So I just think that this is all kind of relative this year. Is, is all I'm saying, and I want to say this too, Russell Wilson. I, I I have been on record as saying I think he'll be fine over the course of whatever. You have, you but have. also, I'm just not sold on what these stats are saying.
3: That's fine. I, I I'm with you, Dems. I think it's just in the NFL, you need a quarterback to win games. You need a quarterback to be relevant be successful, so these stats help that narrative, right? Yeah. At least you don't have the same Russell Wilson stats as you did last year. I
0: know it's true. So it's, it's true. just a it's true
3: you know glasses half full situation rather than a half empty. Okay. If I have to watch him scramble
0: and fumble by himself,
1: God. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what he wanted to cook.
0: That's not what he wanted to cook. Oh my gosh. I don't know. It's a mixed bag.
2: All right, Nelly, what's next? Let's hop in the time machine and let's go back to April, April of this year. There were some rumblings that the Oakland A's might find a new home in Las Vegas and Raiders owner Mark Davis made it very clear that he was not a fan of that possibility. He told the Las Vegas Review Journal, quote, I won't forget what they did to us in Oakland. They squatted on a lease for 10 years and made it impossible for us to build on that stadium. They were looking for a stadium. We were looking for a stadium. They didn't want to build a stadium and then went ahead and signed a 10 year lease with the city of Oakland and said, we're the base team. They marketed the team as rooted in Oakland. That's been their mantra through the whole thing. The slogans they've been using have been a slap to the face of the Raiders, and they were trying to win over that type of mentality in the Bay Area. Well, all they did was over the Bay Area. (laughs) Well, guess what, Mark Davis? You better squash your beef because you just got some brand new neighbors. Earlier today, the Major League Baseball owners unanimously approved the A's move to Vegas. So they will be relocating from Oakland to Vegas. That is official now.
0: Vegas just taking all of Oakland sports. So weird.
3: <laughs> and also just Vegas being a sports town now is still something I can't quite wrap my head around. But Yeah, I didn't know is. any
0: anybody lived actually in Vegas. No. We, don't we all just visit well, it My brother lives fly- there, I guess. So.
3: <laughs> but he's a Broncos and an abs fan. He's from Denver. So he's like, whatever, I don't care. He hates the Raiders, yeah. but lives there. You know, it, it's,
0: you know, and, and Nelly did a, a really nice job of kind of like weaving through all that If you go back and you look at the history of first the Raiders leaving to go to Vegas and now obviously the the Athletics doing the same thing, it is one of the most complicated, like, all kinds of the, the twists and the turns in the roads situation that you'll ever see from teams that leave one city and go to another. Usually mm-hmm. it's it's a really pretty simple cut and dried. and it's like, our lease is up. You don't want to fund our new stadium? Cool. This other city is has will definitely do that for us until we're moving. Mm-hmm. Usually, that's how it goes. It's pretty straightforward. And and, and and generally speaking, that's what this was. But to Mark Davis's point, and he doesn't really have a lot of good ones, but to his point in this scenario, um, it was a total, total convoluted mess. Interesting. And I... <sighs> I'm not saying that Oakland deserved to lose all its teams because also the Golden State Warriors left the city to go to San Francisco. They're still in the Bay Area, but they left that city too. So yeah. Oakland had has been stripped of Nothing. all of its nope. professional um, sports. Mm-hmm. I feel I do feel bad for Oakland, but they did kind of make their own bit in some aspects. Yeah,
3: and you know it's interesting, and I'm glad you said that because I was curious as to why an owner of a team would be that harsh to a team that shares your city. Because in in my opinion, I was trying to compare that to, say, if that happened here in Denver and you had, you know, the ownership group or George Payton or whoever saying some terrible things about the Rockies and or the city of Denver. It's just not something you're used to hearing. But so it had to have been a convoluted mess Mm -hmm. for it to hold that much weight. And but you wouldn't think that Mark Davis would be that upset with the A's specifically because bringing the A's now to Vegas is going to help your city. It's just going to add more attraction. Not that Las Vegas necessarily is the city that needs it. However, it's still going to bring more people there because now you have baseball fans coming in. So it's good for everybody. So, I mean, it's interesting that
0: that you can see the fight.
2: That was I see,
3: yeah, and you can, yeah. and that's so. I'm glad that you explained that because well, I, I was curious about and that. And
2: then another wrinkle in it is the fact that you had the San Francisco Giants, and so they were also very territorial with their fan base. Right. So if the Oakland A's tried to move to San Jose, well, the Giants would say, "Well, that's the South Bay is our territory. That's our fan base. You can't infringe mm-hmm. on our turf. It's not that far away from San Francisco." So there, there were just so many wrinkles, and it yeah. was the perfect storm. And
3: that's the difference, right? They've got two teams. There's not many cities, Chicago, New York, that have two baseball teams. So it's, I guess it's hard to compare to a city like. Like Denver in that n- specific situation.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, Nelly. What's next?
2: In the off season, the Chargers told us that they were going to focus on defense. Right? We heard from some of the Chargers' defensive players that said we're going to we're going to flip the script. We're going to we're going to be better this year. Well, the lie detector determined <laughs> that was a lie. because twice, That is a lie. twice this season, two times, <laughs> the Chargers I have allowed can't. over 500 yards mm. of total offense. That's one terrible. of those was in Sunday's loss to the Lions. They allowed 533 yards. And then in week one, they allowed 536 yards to the Miami Dolphins. But the thing is, both of those games were decided by three points or fewer. So during Brandon Staley's tenure with the Chargers, their defenses have ranked amongst the bottom of the league and their offenses have been amongst the NFL's best. So I feel like if, if the Chargers could just get a defense that isn't a freaking sieve, they would, be, they would be competitive. And yet, Brandon Saley says we're not making any changes to
0: defense, who's calling plays. We're fine. We're good. Mm-hmm. I don't like that take. <laughs> I don't like that take. You know what? I, I I don't know who I was listening to. This is a few weeks ago, uh, maybe not even a few weeks ago. But the take was: Is is Justin Herbert really that good a quarterback? Yeah. Because his team seemed to always lose, and 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 that is the worst take possible yeah. because he can't throw enough touchdowns He's to so to. Good. I, 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 that defense will just give it right back up. And now here he is again Having to drive his team down Mm -hmm. And get another touchdown Because that defense is that bad Yep And it's It really is head shaking Because they have added good players Mm -hmm. Um and I guess if those, you know, look injuries and whatnot, and 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 performances that aren't up to what they, uh, what the standard should be, have plagued them as well. But that's why head coach, that's that's why Staley's there.
3: I hope Staley stays at least until December 10th, and I hope the defense remains <laughs> bad at least until December 10th, because that is when the Broncos go to Los Angeles to play the
0: Chargers. That's right. That <laughs> so we can right. keep
3: this one as is for the next few weeks, all right, Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, the Chargers, man. I mean, those are the Broncos. Get them twice. So, uh, you know, it's a... Yeah. uh, If the Broncos have designs on... Being in the playoff conversation, they they have oh. games against all these teams yeah ahead of them that they could just control their own destiny to that yes. expect. I mean they're still going to need right. um, help from these uh, from these teams losing other games, but um, they can also help themselves mm-hmm. because they get these teams. Yeah, the Chargers are an enigma. I do not know how Staley kept his job after last season. It's it's a mystery to me, uh, but he did. And to Kim's point, we are very happy that yep. he it's has all good. All good. retained all good, that. People. So just keep on keeping on until the play you twice. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do one more. If the Chargers need a new head coach, I mean
2: Josh McDaniels needs a job.
3: Oh my gosh! Let's just keep the chaos going. <laughs> just why, just why keep
2: them in out? the AFC West. Like just bounce around. and <laughs> I'll go to the Chiefs
3: next. When Andy Reid's gone, we'll just just cap them all.
2: And actually, take spe- all four. Speaking of the Chiefs, the Chiefs will be hosting the Eagles on Monday Night Football, and this Oof. game is going to be a clash of the Titans. First yeah. of all, it is a rematch. Of the previous Super Bowl, and this is the ninth time in NFL history that the previous year's Super Bowl teams have faced off in the next regular season. <laughs> and history does favor the Super Bowl winner. The winner is six and two in the previous eight rematches. Also, it will be the bowl of Taylor Swift's boyfriend versus oh Sexiest Man Alive God. finalist, <laughs> Jason Kelsey. He's, he's he's the Sexiest Man Alive in my book. And then also, this is crazy. It is the fourth time this century that the team with the best record in the AFC will meet the team with the best record in the NFC in week 11 or later Hmm. all the things basically be on your couch on Monday night I'll be waiting all day for Monday night oh I will
3: be and not because of Taylor Swift
0: yeah, because of Taylor Swift.
3: No. <laughs> wow. Sounds so like the haters annoyed. are going to hate, 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 hate. Yeah, hate. you're dang right and The players are going to play, 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 you're play, right. play,
0: Kim. she's uh,
3: w- two and a half point favorites in that one.
0: I won't be on the couch. I will be uh, watching oh, a Nuggets game. Oh, nice. um, Yeah. <laughs> I, but actually, you know what? That Nuggets game starts at five, so... Uh, <laughs> I will see uh, some of part this. Part
3: of it. Six fifteen is probably kickoff, you know right?
0: Yeah. It's, like, yeah. It's, it's, but here's the thing. Five here's sounds the, nice, Here's actually. the peek behind the curtain. The Nuggets are at the Pistons on Monday. At the Pistons, I'm not on that road trip. Oh. So he's I on won't catch. <laughs> That's right. I'll be in the studio on that. Do you know how many TVs we
3: have in the studio? A lot, thank goodness. A lot. Good. Do
0: you know how many of them will be on the Monday night football game? At least two.
3: Good. Yeah. Maybe I'll come watch it with you guys in the studio. Yeah. Well, see, you should. You're you gonna try
0: well. and fly through that post game show.
2: Dempsey, what do the Nuggets yeah. need to do to get right in the third quarter? Shoot the ball. Back to you guys. <laughs>
3: get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. That was a 15 minute post game show. We just whipped right through that. <laughs>
0: we didn't even carry Coach Malone's post game comments. Why? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it'll be an interesting game, and obviously, the, uh, also there is a, some question as to how healthy Jalen Hurts actually is. Um, he's got some sort of a knee ailment. Uh, will that hamper him uh, at all? Or, um, you know, this is, a, this is obviously especially with the, uh, the what is that? The, with the brotherly love, the push. I can't, I forgot what it's the called. The push. The, the brotherly t- shove. The brotherly shove, that's it. <laughs> should I, I just <laughs> completely <laughs> blanked out on that. Um, but that should be a fun game. Uh, You know, the Eagles uh, probably look at last Super Bowl with and well within their rights as a game that they feel like they should have won. And the Kansas City Chiefs really aren't the team this year that they were even in that game last year. So um, although I'd argue that the the Eagles aren't either Uh, defensively, they're not not as good um, as they were, but they are both uh, combining to be uh, combining with. uh, to, to win 15 games mm-hmm. That's a combined record of 15 and 3 So it's going to be uh, a really fun contest There is no doubt about that um, The Pac-12 It's down to two teams
3: Yeah The fate is in their hands
0: <laughs> A judge just handed those two schools Something very valuable We'll tell you what that is when we come back
3: With the Lucky Land Slots You can get lucky just about anywhere
1: Altitude Sports Radio,
2: 92.5. Jump on the Shop Mazda text line.
0: 303-504-0925. Champ Mazda. One price, one person, one hour. All right, we'll get to uh, Washington State and Oregon State in a second. Um, you'll recall the... Um, Scary crash into the boards Arturi Lekkinen had uh, against the Seattle Kraken just recently. Um, He was taken to the hospital um, after that. Well, his dad went on a Finnish podcast to give, just to talk about it. Apparently, Lekkinen is in a neck brace uh, and his mom has flown in to assist with his recovery. Now, what the Av said um, at the time is that he's going to be out for weeks like, there is no real timeline uh, for him to return, but just kind of a small update about uh, what he might be going through. And obviously his now his mom is uh, in town to, to help him through whatever he needs to, mm. to get through to get back to full health.
3: Oh my gosh, I know. I mean in a neck brace still, that's it's, yeah, again, we're not doctors so I don't know exactly what's going on, but if she flew all the way from Finland, he probably can't do much right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he definitely needs the help. So um, certainly Obviously, thoughts and prayers with um, Arturi um, um He's played in about 12 games uh, this season. Uh, so uh, obviously a very significant piece to, to what the Avs yeah, um, need. So um, speedy. Hopefully, hopefully we get a speedy recovery uh, for Arturi Lekkonen. Um All right. Uh, the Pac-12, uh, which is the Pac-2. <laughs> if, if we're just if we're if, if we're just being honest about it, could be it.
3: the pack of anything. Yeah, yeah. At this
0: 10, point. 10, 10, 10 schools are, are leaving, but those ten schools still want a seat at the and voting power at the uh, table. Well, Oregon State and Washington State said you guys all left us, so what we want is full voting powder uh, power for everything that is happening in the 2023-24 academic school year athletic school calendar. So they went to court to get that power, and this is what the judge granted them.
1: I grew up where conduct spoke louder than words. I mean, that's how my parents treated me, and that's how I treated my children when they're growing up. Is that conduct is what counts, and words don't so much. What you do, how you, what you do, and how you do it, is what counts in life. Not what you say you're going to do, not what you say you're not going to do. So with that in mind, this court uh, finds in favor that the plaintiffs have, are likely to prevail on their interpretation of the bylaws. The party's prior course of conduct uniformly supports the plaintiffs, and the plaintiffs will suffer irreparable harm without the preliminary injunction. Now, with the preliminary injunction in effect, that will be in effect, I'm going to order that. The WSU and Oregon State will be the only two governing members of the board, but if they hold, but for any future meetings or conferences between OSU and WSU, they will notify the other uh, 10 schools. They will put forth an agenda. The other 10 schools may participate in the sense of making comments, suggestions, or objections. But the ultimate voting will be by the remaining two board members. Okay, right there. Um, So basically what's
0: going to happen now is in matters of revenue, in matters of whatever that need to be voted on by the member institutions of the PAC-12, the only two that get votes are Washington State and Oregon State. So they can do what they want. Now, look... The other 10 institutions put out a statement, which reads in part, we are disappointed with the decision and are immediately seeking a review in the Washington Supreme Court. As members of the PAC-12 participating in ongoing and scheduled competitions, we are members of the board under the PAC-12 bylaws. We have the right to the revenue earned by our schools during the 2023-24 academic year. Blah, 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 blah. This is most certainly always about money, right? Oh, oh yeah. They, they, they left the conference for money, but they want to make sure that they're getting every dime as they're walk, actively walking sure. out of the door. of course. It is incumbent upon Washington State and Oregon State to act fairly in matters of revenue, which... The Washington Cougars and the Oregon Ducks are on a crash course to maybe get into the college football playoff and split up a lot of money there, or just a New Year's Day ba- Day Bowl game in in period, and have to split up money there. And so it's I I find this funny, Kim, just because y'all left, y'all. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and y'all left quick.
0: Yeah, like you I, left
3: real quick. Right, you followed
0: the money, yeah. the, the other money, yeah. and so uh, whatever happens this year, yeah, the, the Oregon State and Washington State should be able to make the decisions on this kind of stuff. So it's just uh, the, the 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 saga turns, and then also I, I wonder what those two uh, institutions are are going to do in terms of uh, the helping facilitate adding member institutions to, to the conference you or not? You would hope, right? Mm-hmm. I mean,
3: there's no conference with two schools in it, so they definitely need to be doing that. My question is, when they say Oregon State and Washington State has the ability that's their decision. Whose actual decision is it? Is it like the athletic director, the president of the school? Like who's actually making these decisions? Is it the head coaches?
0: Yeah. So all of
3: them combined.
0: Um, it's usually president, chancellor, athletic director. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And I I don't know which of those representatives each, each, of Those schools you know sends to to the to the board meetings, um, but those are, those are the decision makers for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, will they ask the head coaches what they think? yes, to check a box, of course they right. will, but will they ultimately ultimately get together and make decisions that they feel is best for these two schools, which are now tied together um, to do whatever it is that they 're going to do going forward it 's just a very, very interesting situation um, as we watch the active um, uh, a, a conference actively dissolve and wow. a conference that has been, uh, playing sports of all kinds for, uh, decades, decades and decades and decades That's and so decades. Sad. Um, it is, it, it really is. It just is, it's just, it's, it's been very interesting. It's been mm-hmm. kind of fascinating to see. It might not be the only one that we see, um, do this as, um, as we go forth here in the next few years, um, 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 w- with the ACC and everybody else, uh, their, their deals are going to be coming up, too. And th- there's a reckoning that's coming there uh, as well. Uh, did you see that Mark Jackson's rough year also continued? Ooh,
3: yeah, hmm, sure did.
0: Fired by his people. I was
3: going to say, it's, it's over now, really. His, <laughs> his rough year is now over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it really is. <laughs> Fired by ESPN, and then, uh, so he was, I guess he was doing fill-in play-by-play for Knicks games for Mm -hmm. MSG, and uh, flying on the team plane, and doing all the things that you do as a broadcaster who covers games, and well, now... They don't want him either. No. (laughs) They don't want him on the team plane. They don't want him around at all. And so uh, team president Leon Rose uh, basically just says, you know what? See you later. Yeah. See you later. And so now nobody officially wants Mark Jackson. Took care of that one. (laughs) It's
3: a hard world out (laughs) there these days.
0: To which we all say. Bye. So what? Bye-bye. See you later. That's fine. Um, All right, Kim. Let's um, get back to your big day, which is going to be on Sunday. You're going to be doing PA. Please just tell us that one more time. And then... and then we'll wrap this puppy up.
3: Absolutely. So Sunday night, uh, Vikings Broncos. I will be doing PA too with Reed Saunders to the current staff at the Broncos right now. To their knowledge, I am the first female that will be on the PA mic doing public address. So very excited. Normally I host the Red Zone features during the games. Um, Their team reporter, Sydney Jones, will be doing that for the Vikings game. And yeah, I'll be doing PA right next to Reed. And so you'll hear a female voice on the loudspeaker in the stadium. So just to prepare all of you guys, for those of you that are (laughs) like, Like, I don't want to hear that. I'm sorry. It's just this game. Don't worry. It's just it's just this once. But um, yeah, I'm sitting in for Connor McGahee, who will be on the road with the Avs this weekend. So I'll be doing PA2 right next to Reed Saunders.
0: Well, I think I speak for many of us when we say uh, we hope it's the first of many. Oh, and well, um, uh, we're very proud of you, Kim. Thank you. Um, and we thank you for joining us today. Um, that's going to do it here for Dempsey & Company. For Kim, I'm Chris. Steve Nelson, we appreciate you.
3: Big kosher pickle and a cold wrap. beer. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> oh, that's right. From pickles to
0: PA. Uh, that's right. From pickles to PA. Um, Kim Becker is the best. Uh, we thank her. Uh, we thank you guys for listening. We will see you tomorrow.
3: Bye.
1: Hey, Mel. Bry here. Got to work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty.
0: Daddy. Hey, Mikey. If you're going to
1: puke, find the popcorn bowl.